Welcome to NBA Storytime. I'm Jamil Johnson. I was just about to sit down and tell a story about when time was young. The NBA could draft 17-year-olds and when Cinderella was black. Technically, Cinderella was always black, depending on what high school you went to. Grab your corsage, or disposable camera, and 52 condoms, because we're going to prom. Hit it! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you remember who you took to prom? When's the last time you talked to them? When's the last time you even thought about them? Most of us only revisit the memory when we're looking through photos on Facebook. That's the only reason I still have a Facebook, is to check up on my prom date. Shout out to my prom date, blank. Remember when we blanked over by the blanketies? Hmm? So much fun. You might think about it more often if you had taken a Grammy award-winning actress slash movie star to prom, like Kobe Bryant did with Brandy. Let's flash back to that magical night in the mid-90s where the rest of Kobe's Lower Marion High School classmates were absolutely sick of his shit. It's not Kobe's prom, it's Lower Marion's prom. We're not the class of Kobe, we're the class of 96. What can be said other than Kobe was a ball hog? His Lower Marion classmates already had a lot to be jealous about before the prom had even started. Remember, this is high school, also known as Extreme Jealous Hours. The one-and-done rule wouldn't take effect until 2006, so Kobe's high school basketball dominance had him rocketing towards the NBA right after graduation. There's talk whether or not he might jump through the college ranks and go right to the NBA as well. But he wasn't a superstar yet. Sure, he had clout in the Philadelphia area, but it's actually really easy to get clout in Philly. All you have to do is own a four-wheeler or eat horse poop. Brandy, on the other hand, was already a star. In 1994, she had released her self-titled debut album with mega hits like Baby and I Wanna Be Down. She went platinum when she was 15. Two years later, at 17, she'd star on her own TV series on UPN called Moesha, which quickly became the most watched show on the network. It was also what my sixth grade math teacher thought her real name was. Brandy was a classic triple threat, singing, acting, and constantly appearing on the cover of Black Hair magazine. So how did Kobe even talk to Brandy? This was way before randos could take a shot sliding into a star's DMs, which also never worked. No, Kobe and Brandy's fairy tale started like they all do, at a ball. They met at the 1996 Essence Awards in Madison Square Garden. In case you were wondering what kind of energy the 96 Essence Awards had, it was hosted by Halle Berry and Sinbad. So you figure out how tight that was. Now, please welcome your host for this evening's gala, Halle Berry and Sinbad. They liked that duo so much they hosted again the next year. I miss when Sinbad was getting that kind of work, but I digress. Kobe ran into the Grammy winner at the awards and was smitten by the gorgeous and gracious Brandy. I mean, who wouldn't be? 
One year later, they made a whole movie about this exact same thing happening to Paolo Montalban. Whitney Houston and Whoopi Goldberg were there. I can't stay. What do you mean? I have to go. Wait, come back. I didn't even know your name. So far, we know Brandy has dated Kobe Bryant and Kung Lao from the original Mortal Kombat. What a roster. Kobe knew he wanted to ask Brandy to the prom right then and there. But unlike the 97 Western Conference semifinals in Utah, he was a bit shy. Bryant for three. It's short again. Elbow. Elbow. Instead of asking himself, he sent Nonvoy to deliver his promposal. In the meantime, he waited and showed his classmates Brandy's picture in teen magazines. He'd point to her and say, I'm going to bring this girl to prom. For her part, Brandy had been homeschooled since the 10th grade, so she could become an actress and recording artist. She had never been asked to prom before, so she thought it was a great idea to be just a normal teen for a night. Behind the scenes, it wasn't up to Kobe or even Brandy herself. They had to go ask their moms. Brandy's mom said, I don't know this guy. I had no idea who he was. And then Brandy said, he's a basketball player. And then she said, so? But the parents talked, and Brandy's mom liked that Kobe got good grades and looked like he was going somewhere in life and had his pants pulled up on his behind. So she gave her blessing. I want to point out that this was all cool for Kobe and Brandy, but Lower Marion High School was fucked. They now had to get security to keep the press out of their senior prom so their teens could grind to boys to men in peace. High school secretaries fielded calls to answer media requests and dispel myths. No, Brandy wasn't going to sing. No, Kobe wasn't going to jump over Brandy and windmill dunk a basketball. It was like that up until the day of the prom. Well, there was plenty of time for a Kobe-less prom. Three hours after it started, Kobe Bryant and his date pop star Brandy Norwood finally arrived in a white limo. Whether it was to give the other kids three uninterrupted hours of prom, or because they were really only meeting each other for the second time, or because it takes a long-ass time to braid that much hair, Kobe and Brandy arrived fashionably late to the dance. Kobe in a rental tuxedo with no tie, and Brandy wearing a gold Moschino gown. I think it's pronounced Moschino. That's how Foxy Brown says it. Either way, they immediately got jumped by the paparazzi. Their security people did their best to keep microphones out of their face. We tried anyway. I asked Brandy what she thinks of her very first date. I think it was very cute. Yeah? Yes. Kobe, what are you excited about? This is your first oh, I'm very, I'm very, no very excited. And prom was great. They danced and went to Atlantic City for a late dinner afterwards. But then it was over. Both Kobe and Brandy would recall the prom fondly in later interviews. The couple would appear again together a month later at the premiere of the 1997 Arnold Schwarzenegger action film Eraser. And yes, that's the most 1990s thing I've said this whole episode, narrowly defeating Halle Berry and Sinbad. At the end of that summer, Kobe would make his TV debut on Moesha, acting alongside Brandy as Terry, a high school basketball phenom who was having trouble with his SATs. I need you to take this test for me. I don't know what you said way up there, but by the time it got down here, it sounded like complete madness. <laughs> he was basically playing himself. He did all right. Then the two didn't get to see much of each other. Aww. 
Kobe had moved to LA to join the Lakers, so he was closer to the Hollywood-based Brandy, but he was in Brentwood, she was in Burbank. It simply couldn't work. Brandy was too busy with recording, touring, and acting, and Kobe would meet his future wife, Vanessa Lane, in 1999 on the set of his own music video. Brandy would continue dating while having a child with hip-hop producer Robert Big Bird Smith in 2001. Ultimately, the pair never even said they were dating and their relationship, such as it was, lasted only about six months. But for a brief glorious moment in the 1990s, it seemed like a fairy tale. A rising basketball superstar and Cinderella herself got together against all odds to attend a magical ball. Or a sweaty dance in a ballroom at the Bellevue Hotel in Philadelphia, whatever. R.I.P. to the God, man. for listening to NBA Storytime. I'm your host, co-writer, and stretch three on the floor, Jamel Johnson. Harry Swartout is our producer, co-writer, and a man heavily invested in rec specs. Daniel Hardigan is our script editor and the guy who mops up after people who fall down under the basket. Haley O'Shaughnessy is our consulting producer and leading the league in bench points. Kevin Shepard is our production coordinator and the only one who makes sure we all get on the team bus on time. John Yales and Peter Moses are our executive producers, and they also insisted on calling their own fouls. Real good to you guys. NBA Storytime is a Blue Wire podcast. Catch you next time.